In our opinion, movies can be found in one of two realms. The realm of the renowned, those active in the minds of pop culture, your masterpieces, your witty comedies, your impactful horror. There are even those that are so bad they're good. Cult classics. This is not a show about those movies. Instead, we bravely venture into the realm of the forgotten. We plummet the depths of cinema, searching amidst the left behind, the seventh at the box office and the bottom of the bargain bin. We seek out neglected films to find the ones worth salvaging from oblivion. And banish the unworthy back to the abyss. What hidden gems will we find on our exploration? What mediocre plot lines will we unearth? And what artifacts that may at first have been overlooked will we reclaim? I'm Wesley. I'm Peter. I'm Lily. I'm Sam. And hello from obscurity. Welcome back to uh, season two of Hello from Obscurity. Uh, it's mm. been a bit, uh, but we're excited to be back. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the 1996 film, uh, The Last Supper. It stars uh, Cameron Diaz, Ron Perlman, uh, Courtney B. Vance, Bill Paxton, uh, Jason Alexander, Mark Harmon, Elizabeth Moss in a very tiny cameo, which maybe we'll talk about later. <laughs> Barely even a cameo. <laughs> but we're, I know. but yes. Uh, and yeah, it's a it's a great movie. Um, it's a black comedy that is about um, five liberal grad students. Uh, so when stranded student Pete uh, gets a lift from a racist trucker Zach uh, and repays the favor by inviting him in for dinner with his roommates. Uh, when Zach praises Hitler and pulls a knife at the table, the roommates kill him. Uh, rationalizing their actions as a favor to humanity, they bury Zach in the yard and begin to invite other offensive types into a string of similarly murderous meals. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's The Last Supper. And uh, I'm excited to hear what you guys uh, think of this one. I had seen it in high school twice, but I haven't seen it since then. And I was very curious to see how this movie would hold up um, since it's a very political movie, uh, but it was in the 90s, and just to see kind of have things changed at all. Is this movie relevant? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm curious to see uh, what you all think about that. What was this, 27 years later? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, that, that's the year I was born, so yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Dang. So, um. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought it was very relevant for today. I was it's hearing a lot more relevant. Relevant. So, I Yeah, kind of upsettingly <laughs> well. still really relevant. And unfortunately, I felt like everything. So like they're inviting these different uh, people over to dinner. Each kind of has, you know, some sort of very extreme uh, right wing kind of view. And uh, unfortunately, I felt like everything that those people were saying has only just gotten worse. <laughs> yeah, like... It was probably very extreme at the time, and now I'm just like, nah, that's 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 just kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, it makes me think of the '90s differently now. That yeah. like they were still having these kind of discussions. Yeah. These kind of they were like, 
religion is so old fashioned, and you know, me growing uh-huh. up religious, I was like, interesting mm-hmm. how that was like the thought of the nineties, or uh-huh. just all yeah. these things that seemed so today. That- I know. So, like, so, some of the quote unquote extreme viewpoints that they bring over are that there's like a uh, uh, the first guy is. Basically, like a he he's the most extreme. He's like yeah, a neo Nazi. He's Bill oh, Paxton. Bill Paxton. He's like he he comes in swinging, saying like Hitler was right. Or uh huh. And he makes just like a bunch of racist comments. Jews are yeah. always adding up numbers to how many people yeah. were killed in the Holocaust, whereas yeah. normally they're trying to bring numbers down because anti Semitism. Uh huh. Um, no, it was like and yeah. one of the members, one of the liberal grad students, is Jewish. So uh-huh. yeah, like, are you a the Jew? Painter. And it's like, ooh, ooh, yeah. Oof. No, it it, Mark. it yeah. it's a cringy conversation. But he is definitely the most extreme. Yeah, and his and violent. Yeah, and, <laughs> yes. and and his death is the very first one. This is that that trucker um, that picks up one of the grad students after his car breaks down. Um, and they invite him in for dinner. That one, that first murder is not exactly an accident, but it's, oh, it's definitely not, an accident not at all. planned. But it wasn't planned. Like it they didn't planned. invite him in planned. to murder him. It'd be second yeah. degree manslaughter if yes. it went to court. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if that's. And he did <laughs> attack <laughs> them first. It's like true. he pulls a knife on one of them and breaks one guy's arm. Uh-huh. Uh, Threatens which, to essay the women. Yeah. Yes. yes. And uh, and then the one the one roommate ends up stabbing him um, Mark. and then they bury Mark. him in the backyard and plant tomatoes over him yeah and, th- and then like some of the other viewpoints are like they, they invite a uh, priest in who's who's like homosexuality homosexuality is a sin uh-huh. AIDS they, is God's punishment yeah for yep. the AIDS part was pretty abhorrent yeah um, uh, yeah like families get, don't deserve comfort like grieving f- that was his big thesis because that like uh-huh. that's what Cameron Diaz invited him um, for uh-huh. a paper she wrote, and his whole thing was grieving families don't really deserve comfort if their loved ones died of AIDS because, uh-huh. as we all know, uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> is, um, Jesus, AIDS is God's punishment for gayness. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and they really and they, try to change real view at the time. Well, I totally, think it's so, still. I think it's yeah. important to note too. So like after they kill Bill Paxton, they feel really like upset about it. Like, Hey, we murdered this guy, but they bring up the question of like, well, listen, if you were sitting across from Hitler and it's before he's like started world war two, it's before like, you know, he's killed millions of people. Mm-hmm. Like, would you kill him if you had an opportunity to take out, you know, someone who's making the world a worse place before he's done anything before you've done. Yeah. Would you do it? And so then they decide to start doing these dinners where each dinner they have like these two bottles of wine. One has poison in it. The other doesn't. And they make a decision like that. If they can't change this person's mind about whatever, like awful view they have, then they're going to poison them. And they get spring. They never, they never like, choose the other wine no like, throughout they, the whole they, thing. they are pretty mm-hmm. uh pardoned They're... upon liberal with their poison <laughs> wine <laughs> oh. um, and um the whole thing too that they always go back to is the the hitler is it analogy or like how uh, they compare yes. like they always Height go to scenario. austria 1909 yeah you're at the art school and there's this painter named adolf they always yeah. kind of set that up because the painter mark uh-huh. um who killed bill paxton um, his work sort of, um, how would you say it, sort of like... It's very Hitler-esque. 
No. <laughs> sort of speculative I, I, historical I his fiction, painting. like his paintings, like if Eisenhower was a girl or if, yeah. you yeah. know, all those weird things, and they what, all kind of sorry. have different specialties. Real quick, studying. I, I want to mention the, the very first painting they talk about Mark painting is... Um, what if the Confederacy had a liquid metal soldier and they never <laughs> expand on that and they never that explain, was a 90s thing. They never show the painting. They're just like, what if the Confederacy had a liquid metal soldier? I'm like, I want to see that painting. <laughs> then they're just like, anyway, hell. that's just something we might have did. seen it in the opening credits with all those paintings. And we just oh, didn't yeah. realize that's I was so was. confused with those <laughs> opening credits and yeah. how wasn't it like a cheery song that was over them? Yeah, it looked it very some, Norman some Rockwell. Happy go lucky song. With like all these weird paintings, which I am now in retrospect realizing are marks. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, this. <laughs> I, I did see love this liquid the liquid metal soldier. <laughs> <laughs> I love the atmosphere there. of the raining uh, every day, or it was a very rainy. Yes, where were they? It was a dark Iowa? and stormy Iowa. night. They were in Iowa. Yeah, in Iowa, yeah, in the cornfields. Yeah, which always I always I kind of. Since watching it, I've gone back to like, wow, Iowa seems to be this big, I guess university campuses kind of are like epicenter of a lot of thought and like uh-huh. mm-hmm. discourse. But I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't think, you know, where the next Hitler is going to come from. <laughs> I think they Iowa. were just choosing some sort of like somewhat rural, uh-huh. like, you know, kind of like middle There's colleges there, but state. like, yeah, that's but not like, known yeah. for their colleges. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, they could have probably they couldn't have probably done it in like Seattle like that. There, there's yeah. too many like they couldn't invite Frazier over and kill him. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer is unkillable. All his ex-wives already tried. Ooh, oh, my God. God. At least Camille uh, did. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills shout out. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, but yeah, no, this movie blew my mind in a really good way i really it really enjoyed did it. for me too yeah yeah i, I thoroughly uh, enjoyed it i think it brings up a lot of like very interesting things to discuss like you know because it's it's not you could argue like it's not great that these people are are killing people but no, and I, mean, I don't think the movie is saying it is no but i'm just saying like it's an interesting concept of like mm-hmm. you know where where is the line like, you know, they really do feel like they're doing the right thing, especially in the beginning. Maybe some more than others. Maybe some more than others. Uh, <coughs> and uh, yeah, and it's, and it's also interesting to like, I think, you know, the way each character kind of progresses and, you know, almost kind of like mm-hmm. each does a little bit of like a flip flop in a different way. Yeah. yeah. So there's yeah. like some characters like the one uh, girl, Polly, is Annabeth know, Gish's character. Yeah. Is no, like Paul, super against it in the beginning. Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. Um, yeah, really like traumatized. She's, she's crying. Uh huh. Like totally horrified that they killed Bill Paxton. Uh, but by the end, she's one of the most ruthless, which is interesting. Um, and I thought you it was interesting over time that she. Um, I think it's like only two scenes, but her sex drive takes a turn. <laughs> it does. Oh, yeah, 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 it does. Um, because yeah. at first she's. Um, you know, a little sexy time with self. And then you see she's trying to initiate something with 
uh, Mark is her partner, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just really not into it. And you well, can yeah. tell they're like veering off like this is a... Yeah. And he's kind of on the departure for them. the opposite side from yeah. her. Of like he's the guy who kills someone first, mm-hmm. and yeah. but by the end, like he doesn't like want to do this anymore. Um, and, and he's kind of arguing not to murder. But Mark was the one whose uh, <laughs> knife was to his neck. True. No, right. I mean, and uh, you know, it's if yeah. anyone this is, was going to kill him, I'm glad it was Mark. <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting. I, I, I liked also the reversal of uh, Cameron Diaz's character because she's mm. the one who kind of suggested doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. She and she was invites the, who, the first guest over to intentionally murder. Right. Um, and then by the end, she's the one the most adamantly against it. Yeah. Uh huh. And she then re- she's the most repentant. <sighs> uh-huh. And then there's Courtney yeah. Vance. Oh, I who love seems Vance. totally oh. fine with murder the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole time he he's at the other. So the way the table is set up in the movie. So there's six people, there's five grads and a guest. And one of the guests is at one uh, end of the table and Courtney Vance is on the other end of the table. Mm-hmm. And he always, every single scene seems very like godfatherish, kind of just like, mm, yes, tell me your opinion so I can justify poison yeah Yeah. (laughs) like he he's the one who he doesn't waver but he gets more extreme but i love like his character in the beginning sorry wesley Um, no go ahead what's cool about his character in the beginning is with bill paxton because the writing does such a good job of teeing up bill paxton as just this cartoonish like just bad guy yeah Um, Yeah. also like horrible racist anti-semite and the way the staging is is that Courtney B. Vance and Bill Paxton are sitting at the opposite ends of the table, Mm -hmm. which I thought was great. And you see Courtney just kind of stare him down and kind of like, Mm -hmm. for me, like see him kind of stand up and kind of hold his own and not be afraid of this guy who's clearly like calling him boy and all these horrible things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think for me as a viewer, I felt sort of like, oh, I was, I felt like I was supposed to really root for him in the beginning because he's the one who's like, you know, kind of the voice of resistance to him. Well, he's at the other opposite side of the extreme exactly. for all of these extremists. The tables is like the metaphor. Mm-hmm. But at the <laughs> end, he becomes like the extremist left in a way, I would say. Yeah. Well, or totally. a very extreme version of um, human nature trying to yeah, play he, God. I didn't notice. I felt like he always was wearing black or really dark colors. Like he was the same person from beginning to end almost. Until the very, well, well I'll not get there right away, but like, yeah, I, I did love how Courtney Vance, pl- Courtney B. Vance played it like the whole mm-hmm. time. Like even He's before they murdered, even before they murdered someone, he was definitely the most, I know what I want to do. Yes. And we should we should kill this he talk show host. He had a plan is, after they killed Paxton. He knew, like... Yeah. yeah. This was kind of his calling in life, which, mm-hmm. to me, it's very interesting because I think one of the... After they killed Zach, uh, Bill Paxton's character, mm-hmm. they did have the discussion of, okay, uh, is it right to kill people that we think will make the world a worse place? Yeah. I feel like... And I feel like the thesis was... Really, like, stated by um, uh, um, Cameron Diaz's character when she said something along the lines of, my world would feel better. And I think that's, like, the point is, like, their opinions, they're trying to push their 
own opinions themselves, like their own utopia, which, yes, it's something that I agree with, but it's not, yeah. It, yeah. We're we're going into the morality of it, but like I feel like that's like the selfishness of it is my mm-hmm. world would feel better, not the world would feel better. My world would feel better. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's also like the and so you know one of the things that Bill Paxton's character like starts criticizing them for is like you know you liberals you always just sit around and talk and there is like a little bit <laughs> even in the beginning in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a little a little too much truth uh, and so you know they start kind of questioning among themselves of like yeah all we do is like kind of sit and argue amongst ourselves we never actually do anything we never take action and do something that's why you know the world is getting shittier uh Mm -hmm. and so like this is kind of their like justification too for this is like you know hey we're actually doing something now we're taking action we're getting rid of Mm -hmm. these people um instead of just continuing to debate what we should do Mm -hmm. um and, uh, and, you know, and, and it's interesting, too, because I think the movie does a really good job of, like, you know, I, I definitely say it's a much more, like, pro-liberal movie. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. It, but it doesn't shy away from very much critiquing, like, liberals as well in a way that I find really interesting, you know? Yeah. Even yeah, in the beginning with, like... modern Like, nothing is right. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Like, even in the beginning, like, before Bill Paxton, like, really starts to say some truly awful stuff, they're kind of assholes like they're kind of you know talking down to him oh and kind of like wielding yeah. their intelligence in a very like my kind of douchey way oh my yeah my least favorite line is when i think i forgot who it was um i think the blonde guy was like pete oh wasn't wasn't when they were talking about the war and they were like what war and i was like you idiots desert storm mid 90s hello and they were like oh i thought that was just a Oh, I think it was Courtney B. Vance. I thought it was just a Republican ad campaign. Yeah. And I was like, you know, people died. Well, yeah, like, I I think, you know. That was my least favorite line. Not because it was poorly written, but just I hated it when they said it because it was just Mm -hmm. so disrespectful. Well, it's very elitist. so dismissive, elitist. Like, Mm -hmm. but it's good because that's exactly what these people are. Like, it was so good. I Uh I just hated the characters for saying it. Yeah, all, all the characters, like. Obviously, they they go through changes on whether or not they think the murders are right or wrong. But I feel like every single person uh, inside thought, well, my opinions are correct. Uh, Yeah. I know I have the best opinion and I just Mm -hmm. need to make other people see my opinion because they're wrong. Yeah. Um, Well, okay, kind of to start bringing this character in, we're not going to do everything. But so Ron Perlman's character. Uh, he's introduced like right so in the good. beginning. He's kind of like on the TV. He's sort of this like, I don't know. He's a Bill O'Reilly type. Yeah. yeah like right wing, you know, kind of spewing some very extreme head. views. A uh, felt a little Trump-esque in a certain way. Uh, and, you know, they all hate him. He's like kind of like the pinnacle of like the type of person that they absolutely hate. He's kind of like this combination of all of these people. Um, kind of a punching bag for everything that's wrong in America. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, but he's, like, starting to gain, you know, some kind of, like, political attention. And people are wondering if this guy is going to try to run for president. Um, but, yeah, so all throughout this, this guy kind of keeps popping up on the TV. Um, and he is, like, someone that they're all very aware of and really, really hate. Um, and then he comes into play in a very interesting Ooh. way towards the end. Um, but I don't know if we're there quite yet. Yeah. Well, um, can we talk about Nora Dunn's character? 
before that, which who's the sheriff? Oh, um, yeah. oh yes. There's I, this like okay. parallel story going on where there's a missing girl named Jenny Tyler. And yeah. that's you Elizabeth see, Moss. I know. You see, I saw that on the credits. I was like, is that the Elizabeth? Yeah, it is. It is. I looked it you, up. It really yeah. is. And you I never it. see her. She is She is one photograph on a missing persons poster. And but it's, it's Elizabeth Moss. You can't even really see it. But yeah, it is Elizabeth no. Moss. <laughs> and um, I just, I, and Nora Dunn is trying to figure out this missing child uh, case. Uh-huh. Yes. And going and, door and to door. Every time she spoke. I expected her to have a Fargo accent because I, I don't know. She looked like she, she looks because she was like a Midwestern sheriff. Yes. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah. I'm just investigating this missing girl here. Okay. Yeah. Are you sure? Cause she, she doesn't, but she doesn't, she looks like she could, but she like it came out the same year as Fargo. <laughs> yeah, oh really? Yeah. Yeah. 1996. <laughs> if that, that's where it is. So yeah. Um, um, something about like uh, Midwestern ladies in uniform were like uh-huh. zeitgeist. <laughs> They're just of trying to do their point. job, eh? Oh yeah, wholesome people, wholesome people <laughs> doing wholesome betcha. things. And it's a beautiful no day. No, um, yeah, but yeah. So the the missing girl thing is kind of connected into this um, because Bill Paxton's character, uh, we're pretty sure that he had murdered her, and so when he goes missing and they find his truck, there's like traces of this girl's like blood in it, and so in trying to figure out what happened to this girl, this sheriff kind of stumbles on you know what these the- people are doing, murdering a bunch of other people. Yeah. Which, um, uh, by the way, I will say that I love the justification of Bill Paxton being like a child murderer because I was shocked at how ramped up it got in that first conversation. Yeah. Where suddenly he pulls a knife and you're like, where, yeah. where is this coming from? This is not just a random. <laughs> yeah, I feel like know, a normal person Republican. would just be like, I'm leaving. Yeah. 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 But like um, he pulls a knife and then he tries to make examples of everybody and it's like, well, who uh-huh. the fuck is this guy? And, yeah. and then you find out, oh, he's a, a, a convict escaped from jail and he killed a, uh, a child. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense cool. that he did that. Yeah. <laughs> which I think then makes it interesting too, because the first person they kill, maybe he really did deserve it. Like he's not just yeah. this horrible, like racist Holocaust denier, like all of that kind of stuff. He is also a murderer. Um, and I mean, we don't even know. I mean, there's no proof that he was a Marine and served. He just says he did. Right. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, I I he think he might have like I don't know why he'd make that up, but yeah, um, still could be it's, one of those people who like try to impersonate cops. You know those yeah. guys who are like I'm so I, about I, power I, I that I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah that I um, want to pretend to be it. <laughs> but yeah, I guess yeah. the other thing that's so so that character it feels very justified for them killing him. Uh, but what's interesting is the more people they invite, you know, at first everyone they invite over has these like really extreme views. Um, and then they really do make an effort though, to like kind of try to change their mind and talk them out of it and serve them a really nice meal and just, do you know, they though? <laughs> do they though, no, they don't. They That's are my thing. Only, Maybe the first they're only one. there to sit and observe opinions that they don't like. And then they kill a person <laughs> because There's, the priest, they didn't yeah. really try to make him. Well, see they the error say they're going to try, but what I find interesting is they do. The movie does a good job of showing the kind of like 
progression of the types of people they're inviting yes. over. Their views get less and less extreme. And, and the they meals still, get worse. The meals get worse <laughs> and they kill them faster. Like they start to not really give these people even like a chance to kind of really talk. They like immediately start questioning them about you know whatever their views are yeah. and then as soon as they say something that they don't like they're like cool give them the poison wine uh-huh um, which is too bad because a lot of those guys i wanted to hear more of them not because i agree with them certainly yeah. but the ncis guy who is like the alpha male i mean Mark that's Harmon. so relatable mm-hmm. today you know with all the listed, alpha male channels he was credited mm-hmm. as, as dominant, dominant male, male. He was. yes i saw that I like, there's yes. also uh, a literate librarian is another I didn't character. like that one. I did no. not like that they killed her because no. I don't like Catcher in the Rye either. I don't like Catcher in no. the Rye no either. One in this all, room yeah, likes all of us were saying is like, oh, she doesn't like Catcher in the Rye. We don't like Catcher yeah, in the Rye. Yeah, Catcher in the Rye fucking sucks. <laughs> but yeah. for totally different reasons, not because it has a prostitute character in Swift. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, just because it's about a, a whiny D-bag. little, yeah. Yeah, and shit. I yeah. mean, it connects with a lot of people, but yeah, that, that one I felt was them going over the edge first of all they stabbed her well that's what i like though is it's starting to show that they're like kind of just getting addicted to this murder and they're really like kind of losing the whole Mm -hmm. reasoning behind why they wanted to do it in the first place i think right yeah it's once a week too they have this dinner party every week 10 people in total i think yeah yeah and it feels Mm. especially the librarian like it definitely feels like that's when um can people hear me okay? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. When, um, like, class became a, a part of it, looking back yeah. on it, I'm like, well, y'all are clearly, I mean, not, you know, kind of overeducated morons a little bit, you know, like, mm-hmm. too much time studying and doing whatever you want, not enough time really, like, grinding it out and working mm-hmm. in the real, you know, whatever the real world is. That's such a subjective world. term. Yeah. But, like, right. that this woman had clearly not been given the same opportunities that they had to study and to follow their passion. Uh-huh. And, like, that part was upsetting. And um, the the hardest one for me, and I'm glad that they didn't kill her, was the teenager. Yeah. In sex ed. That one, like, Sam and Peter can attest, I was... Literally shouting at the TV. Nope, stop! I don't yep. like this. L- Lily yeah. was very vocal throughout this movie. Yes, <laughs> I believe it. There's a lot going on. There here is a lot to be vocal about. Yeah, I got uh, very visibly upset. Like, don't kill her. She's a kid. We all know. We all have stupid ideas when we're kids. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying. I was literally. I was watching this with Morgan, my roommate, and oh my god, I was like, Do you know how many Christian kids I knew as a child oh, yeah. who are not christian anymore uh-huh. that went to college or something mm-hmm. i was she like was, this girl does not deserve it yeah she, she was 17 she was yeah. 17 how do you justify uh, inviting how does five adults uh, justify uh-huh. inviting totally. over a 17 year old yeah prove this yeah. no well but like i think i was so that, scared for her. that's Me the too. that's the scene too where like visibly upset cameron yeah. diaz's character is finally like no we're not doing this we're not kid-. like she's the one who like yeah. kind of puts mm-hmm. a stop to it but and then that's yeah. where like courtney b vance's character is like very much like on his full murder like, spree actually, by that point we are going to yeah. kill her well um, and then the blonde one pete he he also gets a little bloodthirsty which i actually love yeah. the character arc for him because uh-huh. He gets pretty maniacal too, so you get to see the extreme sides of uh-huh. both, like Courtney B. Yeah, Vance's maniac. 
Yeah. yeah when Cameron Diaz finally says, I'm taking you, I'm driving you home. I was like, uh-huh. okay, thank God. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Wesley, well, I don't know if you, yeah. I think you're probably the most um, Bible literate um, Hell yeah, I person am. among <laughs> us. Um, did you find, because these characters are all named after Gospels. Yeah. Apostles. Apostles, Gospels, people, things. I don't know um, the difference. <laughs> never read the Bible. Um, do these characters parallel those passages? No, 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 no okay. they they do not. Like Luke is a doctor in like the Bible, mm. and he he doesn't really have a personality besides he wrote a book of <laughs> Jesus's. No, well, like he's not in the story. He's just yeah. the title of the book. So well, yeah. like, and then I don't. I just I just think it was like the Last Supper. They were all sitting at a table, kind of okay. like Leonardo da Vinci's mm-hmm. Last mm-hmm. Supper, and that's where okay. Now they have this holy reverential. Also, they paint the stuff on the wall. They paint the 16th, 16th chapel. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, God thing on the, the ceiling. On the ceiling just get- so that they're like making this really, really clear that these guys are doing God's work or, or, yeah. or in their inter- perverse interpretation of like God's holy work. I, well, I feel I- like. Did that know what you thought? Well, no, well, sorry, j- just expanding on the painting thing. I feel like because uh, the movie does a really good job of like showing progression of like whatever, wh- whether mm-hmm. it's that the meal's getting worse, the opinion's getting less extreme, the every character, the painting themselves like start going wild because uh, 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 Mark, that's his name, mm-hmm. the uh-huh. painter, yeah, yeah, Mark starts painting on everything, and like yeah. by the time that the sheriff shows up and is like, oh, hey, I'm just investigating this, like, missing girl, want to ask some questions. Uh, when they open the door, you can see he's painted the entire wall uh-huh. and the front door. Like, this whole, hmm. he's, it like, it seems like the type of house where you'd go in it after the dude dies and be like, oh, he was insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, one thing I want to say, did not though, notice that, though. Too, to, like, what Wesley just said about, like, them feeling like they're doing God's work, I don't feel like that's necessarily what it is. I almost feel like it's, like, they are viewing themselves as, like, God-like because they're saying we get to decide who lives and who dies. And so I feel like they're almost, like, just kind of taking on this, you know... Sorry, that's kind of what I meant. To control the, okay. <laughs> because they, they, obviously they don't yes. believe in God. So I they meant like. They think they are. They think but yeah, they're yeah. doing a, a godly thing, I guess. Mm. That's maybe what uh-huh. I meant to say. And um, just but one yeah. more thing about um, the names, too. What's interesting is they're all named after um, apostles who were not with, because we're, we're leaving, um, you know, Easter wasn't that long ago, so this the story is still kind of <laughs> fresh in my mind. Um, where, you know, they all turned their back on him, on Jesus. You know, it was the women that stayed with. So I thought it was interesting how none of the women were named, <clears throat> you know, Mary or you know Joanna. It was all the men who left, who turned their back, denied him, left him. You know, so it was kind of, in some way, like they're all talk. You know, right. they don't mm-hmm. stick around to their values. They don't, they're not going to be there till the end. And Paul wasn't even uh, a following Jesus at the time. Right. Like, yeah. Paul was, Paul, after Jesus's death, he went on that road to Damascus. So like he wasn't, <laughs> he, he road tripped it after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he hoofed it. No, after so it was like. Mainstream. <laughs> yeah. 
And Peter's the one who denied him. Anyway, um, yeah. way just, to go, Peter. Just, just let's let's have my <laughs> Bible study now. I want to yeah. uh, open up to Mark chapter nine. Um, uh, what did you think of uh, Courtney B. Vance killing the sheriff? So at this time, oh, so the sheriff yeah. is snooping at this yes. time, mm. and she goes Picking into the their backyard. Yes. yes, this is so they, after. This is after they uh, uh, invite the seventeen-year-old uh, over. Mm-hmm. So this is after you kind of get a peek behind uh, his character, being like, "Oh yeah, we we should kill this child uh-huh. uh, because she she has very conservative views on sex ed and stuff." Yes, like that. yeah, as um, most uh, t- white teenage suburban girls in Iowa <laughs> probably do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly do. Um, so like Nora Dunn, the sheriff, she. Snooping around, she suspects these people already because when she gives them photos of Bill Paxton, um, they kind of do an obvious job of ignoring his uh, photo. To yeah. a, to they're, a, they're, they're really bad at They really are. Yeah. She, so before this, she comes to their house because she's like, hey, we're just doing, you know, um, you know, we're going house to house to see right. if anybody recognizes anyone from the like, stack of like escaped convicts essentially and they both like everyone like keeps pausing on the bill paxton one and being like oh no 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 (laughs) i I don't recognize anybody but i especially don't Don't recognize recognize this this guy guy. (laughs) not this guy not at all (laughs) just doing a terrible so she naturally is being a detective and kind of peeks in the background uh of their of their backyard Mm -hmm. there's nine missing people at this point and there's nine mounds with God, nine different wow. pan- pa- uh, uh, tomato plants on top. Yeah, they get Great a lot of tomatoes. tomatoes. Those tomatoes look delicious. Morgan really was telling me that they're tomatoes. like, D- don't eat those. They're going to make you sick. You don't eat anything over dead bodies. And I believe yeah. her. Yeah, so, that but apparently they're sweet and delicious. <laughs> um, but yeah, Nora Dunn goes <laughs> into the backyard. Dead body tomatoes. And God, that was such a suspenseful scene. I've, I was surprised really with... Two two scenes that are super suspenseful. One we'll get to, but mm-hmm. this one too, where it was like Courtney B. Vance like looking at her. Yeah. yeah. And, and they got a great look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and yeah. she and they both know what's going on. Uh-huh. And it's like, what's gonna happen? Is he gonna kill really kill her? Is she gonna get out alive? What's gonna happen? So. I just really I liked Nora Dunn's character in the context of like the police mm-hmm. force because she's not vindictive, she's not prejudiced, she's a full pragmatist. She's just trying to solve the case. She's mm-hmm. just trying to do her job. Um, no ideology. She's just working. And the confrontation with her and Courtney B. Vance is she looks at all these tomatoes, and to me, I read it as sort of the um, the fruit from just burped. <laughs> <laughs> That she is eating from the fruit of the poison tree, the fruit of the tree of knowledge. Oh. So it gives her this knowledge. It's, she's sort of piecing together as she's eating this tomato that yeah. these guys are up to no good. Uh-huh. That what I hadn't, they're doing, I hadn't something's put that wrong. together, but that, yeah, that does make sense. And, and then Courtney B. Vance, seeing himself sort of as a god, mm-hmm. must then mm-hmm. banish her from uh-huh. life by hitting her you know, in the, the head with a shovel <laughs> exactly um because what, what kind of helped me with that that imagery was just on the the, the cover art for this movie is sort mm. of the the sacred heart but it's a tomato yes <laughs> so that kind of in my mind that kind of yeah ding, ding, ding. totally but yeah i was sad <laughs> that nora dunn was killed i, I liked uh-huh. her character 
Yeah. yeah. And I think that's too, like, that's where, like, he, he's kind of crossed the line from, like, hey, mm-hmm. we're murdering people who we don't agree with to, like, I'm just going to murder anybody who's getting in my way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely, like, a the big shift, I think, in his yeah. character. Because the, the sheriff, she never expresses, like, uh, uh, in their eyes, negative opinion, right? They, no. she's She's just, like... She's starting to crack the case. Yeah, and she's just no. He knows that she knows too much. Yeah, Um, and uh, he doesn't want to risk them getting caught. Is essentially why I think. Got to keep murdering. Got to keep that murder going. So what I you stay murdering, you don't got to get murdering. (laughs) (laughs) I like too that like that there that there was that very nineties montage which I really loved. But it was... It was a so very 90s movie. It was. But <laughs> it was I, I love it. In the best <laughs> way. In the best but there way. But was, there was... They were doing so many things with tomatoes, and it was staining their teeth, and mm-hmm. there was jars uh-huh. of tomato sauce, and uh, blood, 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 and blood, 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 and a heavy-handed metaphor. I was like, <laughs> okay. I get it. I Re- like it. Sorry. There was one shot that... I completely forgot about it until you mentioned the jars oh, of tomato sauce. Oh, I think sauce. I know what you did because you like made like, I was like, it's just a transition shot. And you yeah. were like. <laughs> there, so there's one shot where it's it's in this montage and they're doing all this random stuff with tomatoes. And they take a jar of tomato sauce and put it in the cupboard. But the cupboard has no back to it. The cupboard is just an open air cupboard that opens to the backyard. Oh, yeah. do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I think it's just an artsy transition thing. But it doesn't transition from a shot of the backyard. It's just they open the cupboard. The cupboard is now a window. <laughs> they put the jar there and close. There, there's a lot of things in Are this movie. Are you sure it's not a cupboard and not just a window with, like, shutters? Yeah, because they, they have, like, a whole... There's a bunch of shelves and there's jars on all the I shelves. I think it was just trying to be artsy. I don't think it was. It threw me like, off. I know. You you <laughs> made an audible like like reaction to yes. it and I was like, "Wait, it's I'm not sorry. that I'm sorry. I think his name was Paul Cameron. Yes, Paul Cameron, Ooh. DP. Okay. Um, oh. Okay. I'm sorry, Paul. I did not like your movie. <laughs> I mean, I don't like how he shot it. Well, wasn't like half the victims blurry? And I was like, is this? Yes. Yes, they were. There were so is many this... shots, especially with the priest, that were just out of focus. Oh, my God. I, I, I was didn't like, even is... notice that. I didn't either. <laughs> I did. I did. I was like, is this I intentional? Know. Like, I don't. Is because I think there was a few everything? with. <laughs> well, I think there was a few with Mark Paxton. Not part. Bill uh, Paxton. Bill Paxton. Too. Yeah. He, no, there, there was. Um, I was like, is this my eyes checked. I, no, you're good. I just, I think it was blown up on a big TV, so I noticed yeah. it this time. Mm. Or maybe in the movies, I, they just didn't have glasses or something. I think it's just the camera quality is not as good as it is now. No, <laughs> that's not correct. Well, because oh. this is the same year that, uh, or one year before that Seven came out. So that had great and a, camera like, quality. And like a year or two before Titanic. Yeah. Well, no they might not have had... It just didn't seem like it had the biggest budget. No. Well, th- what I will say, this movie was shot in um, 18 days. It was made very <laughs> quick. Uh, for Bill Paxton, who has, like, of all the guests, has maybe the second biggest role, uh, yeah, that- shot every single one of his scenes in a day and a half in between shooting um, uh, Apollo 13. Like, oh, wow. He just, like, walked away for a weekend, <laughs> shot this movie... And then went back to Apollo 13. Huh. Interesting. That's awesome. Uh, so th- this movie also, 
uh, uh, they made it very quickly and then couldn't do any pickups because after they finished shooting, the day after they finished shooting, the house they were shooting and burned down. Oh my God. <laughs> God's judgment. I saw that. Uh, Dang. So like, you spit in the face of God, God spits on you. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I would say this was perhaps a rushed film. Um, the, the script was solid. The script was very good. They got a lot of really good actors, mm-hmm. but I feel like they were crunched on time. Yeah, so I still think really they, they put together something pretty good though for yeah. Oh, yeah. being crunched on time. A lot of really good actors with like three lines. I was so yeah. surprised that this was like Jason an hour Alexander. and a half. And Dude, Ale- Jason Alexander had no. two seconds. He's, he's one of the two ones seconds. like towards the end where yeah. like he expresses in a view that's like not that bad and like they just kill him. Yeah, he was he's just, just like, stupid. I'm not sure he's about not, like, climate bad. change. And then the, he gets murdered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he then there was really the understand homeless? how deforestation and like oh. man-made uh-huh. environmental situations and then happen. they're just like mm, but he's like China. also pretty fatalistic about the whole thing he's like eh we had our time yeah like, he's, yeah. Like, yeah. he's like we're, we're all gonna die anyway and so they're like you will die anyway uh point of view i guess but it's yeah. not like the no. most optimistic it's not their point of view which is what i think the movie was trying to say yes mm-hmm. Also, the homeless basher. What is that opinion? I don't. I've never heard of this opinion. No. Just oh, so dis- I yeah. So I've heard people? of those things. Those um, people like that only on yeah. episodes of Law and Order. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And it, those ep- that show famously takes from the headlines. So I think there is kind of um, a subsect of crime where it's just targeting people who are unhoused. I'm sure. Yeah. The, well, the, when, the character too, like. The character is introduced. They they start off saying like the ver- you see them for the very first time, and they say, you know, I guess they are people with feelings and emotions. <laughs> and the the whole table looks at him. And he's like, but I still think we should kill the homeless. Well, well it's, what's interesting <laughs> though is they actually push him into saying that. It seems like yeah, they finally Courtney found someone something. who they're starting to like have come around. Which the whole goal of this was to try to like. Uh, they said to change people's opinions and not kill them, but yeah. then they just start killing everyone and they like push him into like reinforcing his like horrible opinion so that they can kill him, which I think is an, also an interesting turn of like, yeah. now they're just making people like yes. be their worst selves so that they can justify murder. Yeah. I just, I just think those like those guys who got one line, I would have liked to see them just a tad bit more. Uh-huh. Because I would have wanted to see what uh, 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 the dominant man uh, Yeah, a few, a few less tomato yes. montages and a little more Jason Alexander. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but those are fun. Um, I do think from an acting standpoint, those are fun roles to just kind of like, you only have to memorize a sheet of dialogue uh-huh. and you, it's really out there and you're mm-hmm. really animated. You know, I think those uh-huh. would be fun parts. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm surprised this wasn't a play first. Like, I was trying I to look for something or it, hasn't it been made into a play be since. a play. Yes. Like, you could just take this script, I think, and, and stage it as a play. Yeah. This definitely felt Let's do it, part guys. of the kind Let's of the indie that. boom of the 90s, which uh-huh. I loved. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everybody had their uh, uh, VHS recorders and like, you know what? I want to make a movie, too. Yeah. Well, it opened up with that like weird production company Vault. Which oh I my god! Never, yeah, I've never heard of this company. At Probably all. never heard of it since. <laughs> <laughs> Made uh, this one thing in eighteen days and said yeah. we're done. Well, I will Close say, uh, Stacy Title, the director, um, mm-hmm. uh, lest you think she went off and did nothing, uh, 
director of the uh, movie that grabbed headlines a couple years ago, The Bye Bye Man. Oh. I okay. sort of remember I don't, rem- I don't remember anything about that uh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone was just making fun of it because I had a stupid title. But oh. No, she, she oh. went on and she had a pretty successful Good. career. Bye, bye, man. Yeah. Um, interesting. Should, well, should we... T- yeah, Sorry. I was going to say, should, Go we, should we get into kind of the, the end? To Ron. The to Ron, finale, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Uh, Ron Perlman, I, I like... I, I, be, I guess it was almost 30 years ago, but my God, does he look young. <laughs> like... He he looks like, uh, like like Ron Perlman today looks like only Ron Perlman could look. He's just <laughs> his giant face. His giant uh, very features. Yeah, he does. He, just but the I, biggest job. Ron Perlman in the '90s looks like a movie star. I think. Oh my god, totally. I yeah. like. And he was he, in that show, Beauty, the TV show Beauty and the Beast that George R. R. Martin wrote for. Yeah, oh. like, was he, he Beast? Mm-hmm. He was Beast. Mm-hmm. He has such a good jawline for that. Oh my for god, Hellboy too. <laughs> he is, Sorry, he I is, love Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman, one of my We're favorite actors of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah. Um, um, And he did this so good. He did. Well, he was such a charming man. He was the most charismatic guy. He was. Yeah. And so yeah. So, so so again, he's playing that character who's like the super big conservative who's been on, on the TV, TV this whole yes. time. Yeah, Bill O'Reilly um, essentially. And yes. yeah, so two of the characters, I think it's uh, Luke and Pete. Uh, so Courtney B. Vance and I, I don't know who played Pete, uh, but uh, they're Blondie. at the airport and they see Ron Perlman. Uh, his character is there and uh, I think their flight is delayed. Uh, so they're not able to go. And he's like, well, do you know anywhere? Ron Perlman's like, do you know anywhere uh, where I can get some food around here? And uh, they're like, oh, oh do hello, we? do we? Uh, so they invite this Comedy. guy oh. who's like, you know, basically like. <laughs> the, uh, make that laugh again. <laughs> Please do Say something funny first. No. <laughs> Ron Perlman's jawline. Farts. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> but, so uh, what are you saying, Sam? But yeah, so they they invite him over to dinner, and this is kind of like the the climax of this whole thing of like you know they've invited all of these extreme people, and here is like the most mm-hmm. extreme, the, big, yeah. the one the they've been hating this whole time. The uh, devil, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I yeah. find I find this so interesting because, you know, you expect he's going to come in there and just like everyone else they've had for dinner, he's going to start gonna saying the worst one. all the horrible things we've already seen him saying on TV. Uh, and he's not. He's charming. He talks about how, you know, he's actually much more in the middle on things. You know, he is kind of playing up the more extreme, like, right-wing yeah. stuff because he knows he can find an audience that way. But yeah. that ultimately, his, it's he all feels like we need extremes to find things in the middle. Yes, his his political theory is, like, the if there are people... With extremes on both sides, they're more likely to meet in the middle and create a moderate society. And she basically said, too, that moderates get all the work done. Yeah. Which Which I thought was a great line. I kind of believe, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that was probably my favorite favorite line. mm -hmm. Was, like, just his thesis of you have these extremes and then moderates actually do stuff. Yeah. 
But yeah, so like they cool. they keep questioning him, and, and almost every answer is like surprising. And he, you know, yeah. actually comes across as like a pretty reasonable guy. Like I maybe don't he, agree with him and what he's doing, yeah, but like, handed. yeah. Well, he, it's it's almost a reversal of roles where uh-huh. all of a sudden he is the guy trying to convince them that oh no. You, your guys' opinions are too extreme. Yeah, and yeah, they're he really like, puts the mirror up to them. Yeah, uh-huh. which I thought the costuming choice was interesting because he was in kind of a a, a muted bluish like lilacy sweater, uh-huh. as oh, opposed yeah. to like a, his business button up like Wasn't his TV the suit. persona, like mm-hmm. very war- like sweater. I'm mm. thinking warm, personable. The color palette isn't, you know, it was in- it was interesting because yeah. it was. It wasn't purple. It wasn't red. It was mm-hmm. blue. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets in there, and the first thing they do is like, "Do you want to say grace, you fucking yokel?" Uh-huh. And then he's like, <laughs> he's yeah, like "I don't no. know. I don't actually <laughs> agree with that. I'm no, not a Christian." He, and yeah, he's, he like, says oh, like, "Actually, we should thank the person who made the meal." Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, he was oh. a really great guest. Very polite. Uh-huh. Very yeah. And so I think mo- at this point, almost all of the characters, except for Luke and maybe like one other person, start to be like, I don't think we should kill this guy. Cameron. Um, uh, wait. No, no, no. The, the blonde guy. The blonde guy Pete. who was oh, pretty Pete. extreme in Pete. Yeah. yeah. So like they, they get into this debate of like they actually think they might not want to kill this guy. You know, they have this person here who, you know, seems well, like the exact person they would want to kill. Um, and uh, they start to question if they want to do that. Uh, so they all, like, go off in the kitchen, I think, and start, like, debating it, leaving Ron Perlman alone, where he starts to, like, kind of put together. Um, like, mm-hmm. I think he sees, like, a newspaper headline that's, like, you know... Nine missing people. Mm-hmm. Nine, he yeah. looks outside and mm-hmm. sees nine, bo- nine mounds of dirt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think he... he he puts together all the pieces. Uh, he puts together the decanter, like the decanter being the poison yes. one pretty fast. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Arsenic is odorless. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh-huh. Well, but they, they, I think it's because earlier one of yeah. them starts to just go and pour him that. And the other ones are like, no, no, it's, it's gone bad. Like, okay, don't, because they're that. like not sure. So I think it's him seeing like, oh, they've killed people and they seemed weird about not wanting me to drink this right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, so the ending is interesting because he they all come back out and he's poured them all glasses of wine. He's like, look, let's just have one more. Like, let's just have a toast. And they're like, why aren't you going to drink anything? He's like, oh, I just I I've think I've had enough. Yeah. Which is uh, clear. I love that they imply everything. They, they're pretty. They make you, the audience, feel smart for knowing that he's poisoned mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. And then they don't show them. They just show them like clinking their glasses taking a sip and then it cuts to another like mark like painting um of just ron perlman's character with his cigar that he'd been smoking and like all of them like dead on the yeah. floor around ron him perlman puts it in his contract in every movie he has to smoke a cigar <laughs> is that really no he just does it a lot no, but he smokes a ton in his movies like yeah. in sense of anarchy specifically cigars Clara i swear cigars I, a ton he does not smoke in the city of lost children which is a very weird french yes. movie that our cat loves <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> i'm glad your cat, yeah, what, cat gave it a thumbs up yeah, uh-huh. no, Greg, Gregor's Pause really up. into French cinema. Locked in. Well, um, I like that Ron Perlman turned out to be a bad guy. Like, he he tried to kill them, and then he's running for president, which they asked him if he wanted to run for president, and he's like, 
why would I run for president? <laughs> this yeah. is where I think I have a dissenting opinion to everybody else in the group. <laughs> okay. I don't think he's running for president. No, do I don't think? think so either. I think he's just saying whatever he's got to say in whatever situation. Yeah. So oh. when when he's at the dinner table and they bring it up, is like, hey, there's been like some political rumors that you want to run for president. He says, why would I do that? I don't want to be president. I already hold the highest office. Everybody listens to me mm-hmm. and I can inform opinions. Presidents don't get things done. TV personalities. To Congress. I'm yeah, not. TV personalities mm-hmm. can do whatever they want. Yeah. So I, I, in the in the end of the movie, all you see is this painting and like a Ron Perlman voiceover. And it's implied that he's in an interview. Um, and uh, uh, he says something about uh, it's like, oh, I already have the highest office. Um, it's like, I don't really need anything else. So I, I think it's more saying like, oh, yeah, he doesn't need to be president. He already has. In his mind, at least, more power than the president. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, e- either way, no, I no. still, like, you're almost like, should they have killed him or yes. not? Like, you know. Because even he though he came was across charming, as charming, he just killed he's, five people. And he's still doing bad stuff, even if he doesn't necessarily believe yeah. in a lot just of the stuff. He's he still nice at the table. putting out, like, harmful, right. hateful, you know, kind of, like, stuff out into the world. Um yeah, it's a it's it's an interesting ending. I, and then cut yeah. to the song "On Top of the World," <laughs> uh, like a Carpenters cover, which was uh, uh, for any '90s kid, it was featured heavily in the Parent Trap soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> so for me, that was a big um, cognitive dissonance. Oh, uh, <laughs> dead bodies on top trap. of the world, looking <laughs> down on creation. Well, let's talk about like what happened in the kitchen too, because. In the kitchen, this was this was like the moment of I don't know crisis for the group because mm-hmm. Courtney B. Vance is clearly the zealot at this point. Yeah, he and yeah. then and then uh, what's the character Jude Cameron Diaz's character is clearly the one who's in descent of what's happening here. A classic she, Judas move. Yeah. Classic. And then so she's like, I'm going to call the police because this is fucking crazy. (laughs) And Courtney B. Vance pulls out a gun that he gets from the show. Oh, my God. I did, too, actually. Really? Oh, I thought that was crazy. And that's that's the second most suspenseful scene in the movie. And I was like, wow, this has a lot of good suspense in this movie. Mm Because you don't know if he's going to kill Cameron Diaz, who is calling the police on... And the police oh, put her on hold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. That was like the one thing. I was like, does 911 really put you on hold? Maybe in like Iowa. That? I don't I know. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. In the 90s. <laughs> but yeah, and then Courtney B. Vance even changes his mind. He is he an extreme crying. view and he yeah. changes his mind, yeah. which I think uh-huh. is telling that he changed his mind mm-hmm. after not giving anybody with extreme a views, chance a chance to change, to change their, their mind, mind. yeah mm-hmm. which is just telling for me where i don't know yeah you can change it's just i don't know it's it's a weird evolution yeah. and progress is possible yeah 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 um i'd like to talk about like the litmus test of the hitler question yeah mm. 
I, uh, I, he, I don't think that's a great litmus test thing. If you no. would kill no. for morality, no. Yeah, because history doesn't. I mean, the Nazis will still exist. I'm not saying like it's a negative feedback loop. The leader and the mm-hmm. cult kind of yeah mm-hmm. inform each other, but I don't know. It's very it fascism very, would still have been in Europe, but yeah. it's very it's Someone very telling in the '90s where it's yeah. like. It's still like remember growing up where it was like that very basic history thing where it was like if this didn't happen then all these horrible yeah. I felt like I got that rhetoric from school and from like learning yeah. about history is like if this one cog in the piece did not exist mm-hmm. or if only this mm-hmm. one cog in the piece existed then everything would have been lollipops and rainbows you know yeah. that's <laughs> everything would have been perfect if not for Jim yeah, Johnson if, in 1805 stepping on a bug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, and that's the thing too that it totally negates is like Adolf Eichmann was really the the real architect of the final solution anyway. Well, Himmler point, too. Hitler you was know. just I mean, right, like Hitler to... was just kind of a fa- you know like when you really look at it too, it's really not an adequate response to something yeah. that big. Yeah, <laughs> one man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if we if you killed Hitler. Things would have been certainly different, but I don't know how. But something else yeah. would have happened. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. someone else very... would have rose, like risen up to be that. Yeah, it's person. not like all European Jews would have been fine then. Yeah, yeah. Or like maybe... if you ask one of our like most preeminent philosophers today, Aston Kutcher, uh, <laughs> the butterfly <laughs> effect can lead to whatever. Exactly. Uh, Step on a butterfly and you. <laughs> Do something. I forget the. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I forget. What it is. Step on a butterfly and you'll do something. Yeah. I I have to reread uh, Ashton Kutcher's uh, philosophy. Yeah. 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 Anyways. It's read by Kierkegaard <laughs> in the bookstore. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, right. I find I find it interesting that they do use that as kind of like they're just like they're they're you know this question is like sort of the thing that like starts us all for them and like they're justifying why they kill people. But I think it's it is like meant to be kind of like a faulty. Logic yeah, because thing. no matter what you say, mm. like, would you kill Hitler? Yes. So you're a murderer. Or would you kill Hitler? No. Oh, so you'd let him murder all those people. Yeah. Like, there's no way to, like, answer a question like that. Yeah. Adequately. Except yeah. Ron Perlman says, I'd talk to him. <laughs> right. Yeah, which I, I get that that was, okay, that is one moment where I was like, okay, I feel like they're really just trying to show that this guy is such a reasonable person. Yeah. But I was like, I don't. I don't think that one conversation with Uh someone. Well, that, I mean, I guess actually that's just it. I don't think that one conversation with someone can necessarily completely change someone. And thus this whole thing of like, they're going to try to maybe have a conversation to see if they can like change people's minds. Like you're not going to accomplish that in one. It takes like lots of conversations. One conversation can start to get someone to maybe think about mm-hmm. things differently, but it's not, you know, people don't change like that overnight. No, well, there and it's was so a... gross too. Cause it's like, you don't know what environment that person comes from. You don't mm-hmm. know. Cause so much with psychology informs your politics. So like if you grew up in a chaotic household, that'll affect, you know, how you see governance. So it's, it's such an effed up thing to be like, because you said this one thing at dinner, we mm-hmm. think you're a yeah. fascist. Uh huh. Well, there's a. Well, Bill Paxton. It was. It was pretty clear <laughs> that he was. <laughs> oh but yeah. The, there was a cancel Bill Paxton in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> there's a. I think it was by a, a, a chief justice that's and it was like turn of the century, turn of the twentieth century that they were talking about like 
trying to censor or what 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 would be a good thing to censor? Should we censor good things similar to this way, mm-hmm. except they use murder? But his <laughs> his answer was, and they ended up not censoring, or the Supreme case got thrown out because. Uh, it w- they decided not to censor because his answer was like the the um the way to combat hate speech is not with censor it's just with more free speech which i thought mm-hmm. was a very interesting concept that i've always thought of and so this mm-hmm. is kind of the same way do we murder these people even though there's many that exist will murder solve the problem I don't know. I don't, I would say no, but, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting too. Cause when, especially I had that thought when they killed the really homophobic priest, Yeah. Mm-hmm. like, I don't think they're helping AIDS victims by killing this guy. They're helping yeah. themselves yeah. by killing yes. this guy. Yes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely, um, looking back on this, movie in the 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 moment we're in right now it definitely feels like kind of a a precursor to you know to cancel culture like you say this one thing and now we're gonna kill you uh-huh no and that's defi- true and it definitely feels too like i mean i don't even know i don't know if you guys can relate to this but i can't even imagine being invited to dinner by all these people i don't know and uh-huh. engaging in political conversation over yeah, dinner. Uh-huh. Like, it just feels like a bygone era now, because now it's just all social media. I unfollow you. I block you. Yeah. Well, you know, and we I feel like... don't go into people's houses anymore. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, it feels well, like such a... I feel like a, even, a too, like, people... Now. What a thing you... to say over a video call. <laughs> hey, uh, how dare you? I'll come but to no, your house I, soon. I'll come I, to your uh, house soon. Ooh, I, I, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like, uh... Um... Uh... I forgot. Oh, well, so I uh, like kind of like, well, the other thing that's different now too, kind of like to your point, Lily, is like, I don't know. I feel like people are very cautious about sharing their political opinions unless they know for sure that everyone around them like is on the same side as them. Yeah, they won't share unless they're in an echo chamber. Yeah. Right. Well, because it's it's kind of stopped being just about politics. Like I feel like now mm-hmm. people will judge someone like your entire personality just based like, on oh, you're where drinking you fall a diet politically. Um, like you're driving that car. You yeah. got, you didn't, you, you went to a breeder for your dog. You didn't adopt, you know, like there's all these little things. Yeah. Or even like bigger well, things like, too, where it's like, you know, maybe you disagree with this one aspect of a thing that you agree with. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, maybe this is not the way, even though I agree with the issue. It's kind of yeah. what they were saying at the beginning, why liberals fight all the time, is like, how do we progress? And I think conservatives, and this is just my own opinion, it's easy to say we should stay the same. And that's like, mm-hmm. the, so conservatives on the same page, we should mm-hmm. stick with the status quo. How should we stick yeah. with the status uh-huh. quo instead of or go back to what we used to? Yeah. Right. Like, and there's yeah. a debate, the but quo? like they're on the same page of we should stay, but like the progressives mm-hmm. are like, we should progress. Then there's 18 different or I mean, millions of different ways to progress. And that's what yeah. Yeah. liberals get stuck bickering about. <clears throat> yeah. Well, well and- I, I feel like too, it's the <clears throat> idea in the movie uh, starts off as it's literally these people one by one take turns inviting 
interesting dinner guests to have conversation. It's not a political thing. Like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and, and like I know people who do that, who are like, oh, yeah, we'll just invite some people over that we find interesting and we'll talk. That's basically the idea behind a lot of podcasts. <laughs> uh, and then it, it evolves into like, oh, we're not inviting interesting people now. We're inviting people we disagree with to try to change their mind because they're wrong. Mm. Yeah. 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 My way or the highway. Yeah. No. And the other thing interesting too, like just about kind of like, you know, the conversations among liberals is I do feel like lately, you know, we spend so much time arguing amongst ourselves and critiquing other people for not fully kind of like Wesley, you were saying like, you know, maybe you slightly disagree with one aspect of something, even if you totally agree with the concept as a whole, but there are like, I know some of my like friends too, who would like get, upset with that and then it would become like a whole debate and it's like no we're on the same side we both want the same thing i just maybe have a slightly shifted view of that that doesn't make me a horrible person we're both going to the party we're just debating whether or not we take the truck or the car yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how big the car should be yeah and i think there was even a similar conversation what mileage no yeah (laughs) there was similar conversation in the movie when like Mm -hmm. cameron diaz was Mm -hmm. like who gives a shit if we get like str- what was the argument like if we buy cosmetics that are not tested ah, animal on animal friendly oh, yeah. mascara uh-huh. i felt personally attacked by that one <laughs> me and my cruelty free makeup felt very attacked by that one but that was what that was a good point it was point. so good it was, it was uh-huh. so good it, it that hit was close to line. home and i was like oh yeah the straws in seattle cruelty free makeup and our shelter adopted cats yeah <laughs> that was the argument wasn't it <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I love this movie. This was definitely the most thought-provoking movie by far that we've seen. Mm-hmm. And I'm really yes. glad about that. But this was our kickoff to season two. Yeah. Ooh. I'm, yeah. Well, welcome to season two. We do politics now. I yeah. love that it is a season two. <laughs> we just took a short break, yeah. and now it's season two, baby. Well, it uh, is season let's two. Bring it I mean, on. like the first. Yeah. Why we, not? No, we had enough episodes, I think, in season one to justify that being like a season. Yeah. It's you know? our podcast. We decide. We do whatever the fuck yeah. we It's our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> not yours. It's my money, and I want it now. So, Sam, <laughs> do you have a situation for us? I, I feel like there's a fairly obvious one. I feel one. like there's a fairly <laughs> obvious one. I hadn't thought of one beforehand, but I was like, I think, I think you know, there's a pretty clear way to go yeah. with this. So, uh, you. And your friends decide to host a dinner party. And to this dinner party, you invite this movie. Uh, You listen to this movie. You, you know, kind of hear what it has to say. uh, And on the table, you have a bottle of poison wine and a bottle of regular wine. Do you serve the poison wine to this movie and forever banish it to the depths of obscurity never to be heard from again and bury it in your backyard and plant tomatoes over it or do you let it pass and you know go on go on to be viewed by other people who wants who wants to hit up this question first i drive this movie home and see it safely home and i don't Very nice. give it the poison wine i <laughs> this movie deserves I just think, I don't know of a movie. I can't think of a movie that's made of this time that has aged better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know there was the editing and some of the cinematography flops, but I think the essence of this movie is great. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool. 
No uh, tomatoes. <laughs> no tomatoes. <laughs> no, I'm not a tomato fan personally. No, uh, I I would I would also give it the normal wine. Mm-hmm. Um, I I liked this movie. I didn't love this movie. Um, like I thought the script and the acting was solid. Mm-hmm. It's uh, honestly for me the only thing holding it back was uh, some of the technical aspects. Mm. But otherwise, I thought this was very good. I would love to see this as a play. Mm, so um, I think a stage play version would be really great. Um, it's very arsenic and old lace. Yes. Remind me a arsenic lot of, and old lace meets God of Carnage. Yeah. Yes. yes. It's arsenic and wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, uh, thumbs up from me. One thumbs up, not two. One thumbs oh. up. Fair enough. Mm, all right. Uh, yeah. So I... I would invite it. I would give it the good wine. Um, I would also love for this movie to come to our parties, to be invited to more parties with more people so it can mm-hmm. tell its mm-hmm. opinions to others, especially because I feel like this movie is such an old soul being from the 90s and then mm. also a <laughs> relic because nobody knows about it. And you bring it to a party yeah. now, or you bring it out and show. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot. As you invited on the podcast, <laughs> yeah, it's true. You should invite it onto a podcast. No, but I think people should uh, maybe revisit this movie. I think this is a movie mm-hmm. that has been lost. Uh, that I think mm-hmm. really Unfairly. should yeah. come back, especially in 2021 or 2022. I forgot what year it was. Whatever year it is. <laughs> yeah. If you're Time listening to this in the future, we'd come back in yeah. 2027. <laughs> I'll see you there. Uh, um, so, yeah. Love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm on the same page as everyone else. I would give it the good wine. I would not poison it. Um, and kind of, yeah, like Wesley, I, I would like to invite this movie over to more parties. I do think it's it's really I was very curious to see if this movie stayed relevant. I honestly was like kind of worried I was going to watch it and be like, "Oh mm-hmm. no, like oh, yeah. this is doesn't work anymore." Um but no, I think it's I think it's a kind of like a good movie to watch now and like, you know, with our country being like so divided and this movie is kind of, you know, making the case I think for like, mm-hmm. "Hey, just like talk with people, listen to people and like that's how Don't we act can, like you know without the threat of poison on the table. Without the threat of poison on the table. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Don't um, disregard uh, wars yeah. if you're sitting next yeah, to a veteran. Probably, probably yeah. not. <laughs> don't, probably don't do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. no. Uh, I, I'm really happy that you guys all liked it. Um, and uh, this yeah. has been fun. It's good to be back. Very good fun. Good to be back. back. And, uh, Baby, do you yes. do you want to tell what's next week's uh, movie? I'm excited uh, for this. No. <laughs> oh, I, I'm going to. Uh, I, I'll, I'll drop a, a quick little audio trailer. Uh, see if you can play it along at home and uh, guess what movie we're watching. In a magical faraway world, a secret garden, protected by a prized jewel, is under attack. Only one force is powerful enough to save the day. Ash, Pikachu, and all-new, never-before-seen Pokémon, Latios and Latias, are about to team up and take on the ultimate challenge. We have to stop them!
time. They're going to need all the power they can get to be Pokemon Heroes. The brand new movie on DVD and video Tuesday, January 20th. Ooh. And that's right. It's Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I am very excited to, uh, uh, I feel like this is a big switch for what we normally listen to. I grew up watching Pokemon movies. I'm obsessed with Pokemon. We are watching uh, 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 Pokemon Heroes. The first Um, canonical death. Yes. For those at home, that's uh, that's the one with Latios and Latios. Takes place in Venice. Um, Is the only Pokemon movie with with a... uh, canon death in it. <laughs> uh, death by canon, or <laughs> I guess, guess you're we'll gonna have out. to watch and find out. Oh, I guess you gotta follow us next <laughs> week, dear listeners. Yeah, all uh, three of you. Very, very excited to uh, make all of you watch <laughs> know, a Pokemon. Right? Movie. Nobody knows. I'm so Pokemon ready for a Pokemon you. movie. I'm actually really game. Oh, I'm, so I'm gonna. It's gonna be the same as when we did Baron Munchausen. I'm gonna be very <laughs> excited the whole time, and you guys will just be. I will call uh, with an open mind, just like I did for Baron Munchausen. So. Yeah. Good. I will try my best. <laughs> I think I'm going to like this quite a bit more than Baron Munchausen. I think I'll like it better than Baron yes. Munchausen. I'll, I'll tell you right much. now, it's shorter. Oh, thank God. <laughs> that doesn't say much. All right. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Um, welcome back. It's season two. We're having fun. We're making jokes. <laughs> We're watching movies. I've been Peter. I've been Wesley. I've been Lily. And I've been Sam. And goodbye from obscurity. Obscurity.